1: All right. Welcome to BuzzBeat. This is Brian. We are live on YouTube following the Hornets' final preseason game of 2023, uh, which did not go great for Charlotte, losing to Boston 127-99. to Somehow that final margin doesn't really even do it justice. However, before we dive into that game a little bit more and also touch on some preseason topics, Let's uh, let's set the table first. Tonight, we are joined, happy to be joined, by a returning guest, Darian, better known as Trust The Buzz on YouTube. So to those who are listening live, thank you for joining us, regardless of whatever platform you're tuning in on.
2: And Darian, uh, thanks for hopping
1: back on with us. How's it going, man?
2: It's going good. I mean, that win, that, well, that loss, rather, <laughs> did, not, did not look good at all. <laughs> But I'm happy to be here, happy to talk Charlotte Hornets, I think. I don't know. I, I don't know <laughs> how to feel <deal> yet. <laughs> but I'm happy to be here at least.
1: <laughs> yeah, if it's uh, – you know like Hornets basketball is back if like morally, ethically, <laughs> uh, consciously, just like you're just challenged already. It's like, yes, yes, the, uh, the seasons are changing. Basketball is here. Uh, everything uh, uh, seemingly in the sports world is right when that happens. But, yeah – this was, uh, we can really quickly touch on the game, and then sort of like one of the like bigger news items that came out of it, but the Hornets fall 127-99. This game was all Boston, really right from the jump. Uh, Celtics score almost 1.2 points per possession offensively. The Hornets under 93 points per 100 possessions in this game. A lot of turnovers for Charlotte. Uh, Boston, especially in the first half with their starters, really jumped On the offensive glass, thirty-seven percent offensive rebound rate um, in the first half, and you know, obviously, like that's something you don't usually see from a Steve Clifford team. And I would also get the feeling that that kind of defensive rebound rate for the Hornets is just going to be like uh, death for them this season. Like they just can't afford to get mauled on the glass like that. Um, That's just not going to be realistic. And and look, Boston's awesome. Darian, I don't like. I don't know where you think of them in terms of like hierarchy of the league, but they're for me they're easily like a top two to three team. Sure. And it is wild to see Drew Holiday and Kristaps Porzingis running wild as third and fourth options. Um, I didn't think that, uh, along with the, the effort on the defensive glass not being great, I thought in terms of like individual perimeter defense. Uh, Not great effort from the Hornets tonight, like Jalen Brown just, you know, moonwalking to the cup every time he wanted to by PJ a couple of times, but he wasn't the only guy that got that cooked by Jalen. But yeah, impressions from this game, anything that stood out to you tonight?
2: Oh, man. I, to be honest, I don't know if there's anything that stood out outside of just how bad we were. It was the Hornets of old. It, that's that's a lot what it reminded me of. Reminded we just weren't. It just – I've said over the last couple of preseason games, it, I was saying that it's important for us to win these games or at least try to um, not take out the players as soon as they're good. Like – I felt like what was happening in the previous preseason games, not to talk too much about that before we get into it, but I felt like a big thing was Steve Clifford would see LaMelo, uh, PJ, Terry all do well, then take them out. And now that would kind of be it. And it will let RJ Hunter around out there. But this is why I think you should leave them in because they (laughs) came out here and I don't know if they thought they were good. I don't know if they're just maybe looking forward to the season. I could definitely see that being a reason but it just—it there was really nothing that stuck out outside of just how bad we were, um, <laughs> and in skill—and I wouldn't even say a skill level. it. Was, it was, everything that happened tonight was all just uh, mental mishaps and just effort. I don't think I took away anything from this game, saying, "Oh, this person has regressed. This person is not good. This person." It's all mental mistakes that we can fix. It's just as soon as we got popped in the mouth. They just kind of started freestyling again, which considering they usually have a very structured, at least offense, in my opinion, is pretty structured. It it seemed that they were just trying to free flow everything, uh, but it just wasn't working. And when you go from free flow into now, you have a more structured offense with Steve Clifford, back to free flow. And I I don't think that's an easy transition, especially to make (laughs) against in one game. Also, considering what you said, especially the Celtics being easily (laughs) one of the best teams in basketball. Yeah. it just doesn't help. Uh, so yeah, it was it was a pitiful game. The only good thing I'll take away from it is that I, I felt at least a lot of the things were effort based in mental lab. Mm-hmm. So they if they want to if they can fi- if they want to fix it they can. not It's just a matter of will they bounce back and do that.
1: Yeah, some of the lapses like you know none of the sets set plays were really hitting tonight and some of that is Boston's defense. It's <laughs> potency, it's versatility and and you could even see in the first half I haven't caught the Celtics in the preseason yet tonight but they threw like probably four or five different defenses at the Hornets before halftime like when the starters were still playing like some full court press, some half court trap, zone Man to man switch, uh, you know Porzingis in the drop. There was just a lot of different stuff to throw at them, and I thought Derek White's defense tonight was was incredible. Like, and he's it's just, so
2: good, man. It's
1: he's insanely, yeah, he is. He's insanely good. And them having Drew and Derek White as a defensive backcourt is like kind of unfair. Those are just you know two <laughs> of the. I mean, name me two defenders under six, five better than those two. Like, right. Right. There's not many. Um, it's a, it's a short list, if any, and obviously like Tatum is, is no slouch as a help defender and Porzingis such a deterrent at the rim. I also thought this game, like this was an interesting matchup wise that I sort of circled to start because, uh, for Mark Williams, like what Porzingis kind of means as like, a pure stretch five, right? I mean, Porzingis, he'll post some and obviously he's gonna like, you know, screen and dive too, but bread and butter for him is gonna be pick and pop, you know, slipping screens, um, spacing the floor. And I thought Williams did an okay job sort of early on being up at, being like higher up closer to the level. You know, if Jason Tatum's coming off that, it's it's really tough to guard because you gotta worry about his pull up game. And then you've got Porzingis on the pop. And Charlotte tried to ice some of those when they got them on the side. And I thought Williams did an OK job sort of like navigating that mesh point, you know, being present with the ball handler, recovering back out to Porzingis. But that's that's tough. That's that's like that's going to be one of the hardest matchup types for a guy like Williams, you know, to have to mm-hmm, sort of like sure. handle that base. And it's certainly it's not just Williams like it. That's that's a team effort type stuff. Um, you know, you're going to need weak side stunts, rotations, that type of stuff. You saw Charlotte switch those matchups some, too, which put, you know, Williams on Jalen Brown or Tatum. That's not really a, a fair fight for him either. Like, that's just tough. Boston's going to beat up a lot of people with that this year. But I thought it really got dicey for the Hornets when they were using Porzingis as like a spacer. So having him come mm-hmm. off, off ball means he had a pin down three from like 20 some feet out. Uh, It was a moon ball uh, that Williams, I think it was Williams, Maybe may have been Thor, but just didn't get out on him quite quickly enough. And then I also thought his ability to space, like the driving lanes that had opened up for Boston, it just felt like too many times someone would turn the corner and it was like lamello having to rotate over and test the shot at the rim it was like wait where's the seven footer right the, like it just it, they made they scramble the matchups around him and, and again with porzingis it's simple stuff but just being able to pull your one source of rim protection 20 feet from the rim just changes things up um and and that's obviously really really tough for Charlotte. So, I thought those were a couple of things that sort of jumped out. I would also just touch on and we'll get into Brandon Miller a little bit more and LaMelo a little bit more as well. But I thought, you know, tough night for Brandon. He, um he really has not shot the ball from I think he's played well in preseason. Mm-hmm. Um he didn't he's obviously he struggled to shoot the ball from deep and tonight tonight was no different. Several turnovers tonight too including um, a, a really really bad one in the second half where he tried to like dribble left into um, like a gap and uh, Delano Blanton was there for an easy steal and you know pick six dunk and Clifford called a timeout after that as the Celtics second and third stringers were sort of just turning running away turning it into a dunk a, you know a, a dunk contest um, but yeah Darian any thoughts on um, Miller tonight and then we can actually uh, maybe if we want to even sort of like expand it to where he's been or how he's looked uh, from summer league to preseason?
2: Yeah, I think it, I, uh, he reminds me a little bit of, um, I, not in the, the way he plays or anything, but kind of similar to Mark Williams last year, who, who at summer league, we were kind of worried about him. We were like, he's not going up strong enough. He's not doing this. He's not doing that. Um, but, you know, come around this time, it was, like, oh, he looks a little better. You know, he's at, for at least for Mark Williams, he wasn't, like the player he is now, but it was, Oh, I can see that he's been working since summer league. That's what I'll say. The same thing about Brandon Miller, Uh, the shot. I'm still not worried because his shot was what was the main thing advertised for him. Mm -hmm. So my thought process, and it could be coping. We, I don't know yet. Well, (laughs) let's get a few games into the season, (laughs) but my thought process with that is he's adjusting that his shot is what makes him him. His shot is what everybody was. That was the selling point. I think it will fall, you know, in time. So that that's kind of my hope with that. I'm glad that everything else is looking as good as it does. Uh, they're obviously, you know, and I say that compared to rookies. Uh, I know sometimes when I say things like that, people think I'm comparing it to like people who are already established into the league. But compared <laughs> to rookies, I think that you know he looks like he's come, you know, far along. I think it's very big for rookies to show. Every time I see you out, you're you're. I see you expand your game to a, to a, you know to a certain degree, and I think he I think he's doing that. If anything, I think the uh, the turnovers really come from him trying to do too much um, mm-hmm. once again, and that's what rookies are going to do. They they want to prove they belong on the floor. They want to prove they deserve the minutes. I get it. I think he's going to have to learn how to uh, just kind of adjust to that. It probably looks so bad because our whole team, <laughs> to an extent, <laughs> yeah. plays plays that way. So it looks a little worse because it's like, oh, another turnover. And it's like, right, well, no, he is supposed to do those things. But, uh, yeah, I think he plays hard. He's an exceptional rebounder. I know that the stats at Alabama say, you know, I think it was like 8.8 eight, 8. 8 or something like that. So I knew he was a good rebounder. I just didn't realize, like, he's, go- he's you know, getting contact rebounds or jumping over people. Mm-hmm. I-, I appreciate that in his game because he could take the ball up the floor. And usually we I mean Lamelo's kind of the only person I trust because Terry, he he does it sometimes. Terry gets up there, but it's just uh <laughs> it's not the same way, uh, the way Lamelo was able to run the lane as, at the same time. So I think Brandon Miller does a good job of that. He fits a lot better than also I expected as well. Um, and just going talking about the preseason as a whole. Um, I do feel like as a rookie, he's already shown that he's a guy that you can kind of I wouldn't say rely on, but you're a guy. Uh, you can have him go out there in those minutes and he will, you know, succeed. He will do what he needs to do. I mean, we haven't seen the scoring prowess yet as far as just like him having the Brandon Miller game or whatever you want to call it, but we have (laughs) seen him rebound. Well, we've seen him, you know, kind of play make pretty well. We've seen him just be in the right spot at the right time, a lot of times. So I like, I like what I see from him. Um, Once again, I think the shot will come, but I, I, I would, I'm a little worried, but I know worried, Uh, in the preseason a little too far, but I I just wish I've seen a little, little more. I I know that, you know, I I feel like it's there every time he shoots. I I will say it looks like it's going to go in, at least (laughs) from my, from my standpoint, I feel like every time he puts it up, like, Oh, that that looks like a good shot. It just doesn't fall. So that's why I'm not too concerned, but I definitely would of course like to see him hit a little more uh, all things considered. But overall, I, I think he's also adapting to his body. He's gotten bigger what in two months, I, I mm-hmm. think that takes some time as well, but I think he's doing a pretty good job as a rookie. Um, and he we don't have to play any different to have him on the floor. I think that's probably the biggest thing is that Steve Clifford doesn't have to change anything to incorporate Brandon Miller. I think Brandon Miller plays exactly great in this. And if the offense ever changes, I, I foresee Brandon Miller being a type of player that he can adjust. He He seems like a smart guy. Clifford raves about it. The players rave about it. Um, so yeah, oh, for the most part, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with what I've seen from Brady Miller. Just wish the shot would fall a little more.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he is like Miller does strike me as a as a young prospect who if he does hit some of his like higher end outcomes, he's mm-hmm. going to be very very scalable, very malleable because he can play without the ball. He projects as a, you know, you know, potentially again, if you're getting into some of the best case scenarios, a gravity bending movement shooter type prospect, right? So, but he's obviously he's gonna have to shoot. Oh, shoot the three a little bit better. And tonight was a tough. I think he was one of four in the mid range tonight. And like Rich Richie and I, who's shout out Richie, he's producing this this pod tonight just yeah. in the background. So the our, the silent partner tonight uh, with Richie. But we were uh, talking about this on Twitter a couple of days ago. Like Miller, because he has the half court finishing concerns and. The length advantage that he really leveraged to get some of his sort of like interior scoring production at Alabama is neutralized a little bit against, you know, NBA length and athleticism. Like he really has to like win in the mid-range area and even some of the sort of like nice two point, you know, two feet in the paint type finishes he's had in preseason have come with him having to like fade away or pull up and drop coverage instead of like, uh, against drop coverage, instead of going all the way downhill to the rim Mm -hmm. or just being able to like explode over the top of someone. But I think he's like, I think he's like when he has time to set things up, he looks pretty, like I think it's looked pretty good in terms of like his secondary creation. But um, I thought tonight he got pressured and when that happens with him, and this is something that that to me always sort of like showed up on the tape with him at Alabama, like when he gets pressured, that's when not just like the mistakes happen, but that is also when he loses some of his vision. Like the, the things that like make him appealing as like a like jumbo 6'8", six, 6'9", six, pick and roll guy is that he should be able to scan and see over the top of defenses. And I just feel like – Whatever that passing window is, that vision cone, like I do think like it gets cut down and and that probably happens to a lot of people. It's just it's very noticeable with with Miller right now. so that but that that to me is something that showed up before he got here. I'm not like right. I'm not that doesn't that doesn't feel like a new a new concern. I think one of the things that has been exciting with Miller in preseason has been just like, the versatility that he is sort of like in between these two with his size, with his movement, with his shooting, with some of the pick and roll capabilities. There's just like kind of a lot of things you can do with him. And like, if he hits as a prospect, he's just going to be like a really versatile guy that you can, again, like copy and paste in so many different offenses. So just like getting and setting him up and getting him into pick and roll, getting him into dribble handoffs off of movement. You see him doing a lot of like screen the screener action where He'll set a you know he'll set a, a back screen or a flare screen. Then he'll come off of a, a dribble handoff, or he'll come off of a pin down. After that, um, those are like really good actions for him. And and again, if like if he's hitting the shots off those, then all of a sudden that's going to open up the passing reads. Like you can you can see how this could fall into place. But he's also just going to have nights throughout the season like he had tonight too, because for sure. like, uh-huh. because it is because he is jumper dependent, you know. Um, there are going to be, some, there are going to be some, some bad shooting nights. But, like, I would also say, like, once again, I think he had three steals tonight. He had a handful of assists. I think the transition passing has been very good. He had a nice, like, steal, hit-ahead pass to, to Nick Smith Jr. for a layup in the second half. That was pretty nice. And I just think, like, in every game, he's had some nice live ball playmaking in transition, which is uh, encouraging and just, like, goes to show you, like, when he has space and is playing heads-up ball – Uh, you know Miller can be like a a really nice like open court uh, you know playmaker so I think for the most part I would say like uh, you know uh, if you listen to this pod before or after the pick like I wasn't uh, you know I wasn't like the biggest fan of, of Miller at two I liked him as a prospect whatever but I have I have found this preseason to be slightly encouraging and more so than summer league you know um, I think he's I think he's played pretty well actually and I've I'm finding myself to be like again slightly more encouraged than I was in the middle you know late summer so um overall thought Miller was was pretty good with that uh one thing we should touch on specific to tonight's game um I'm not sure if there's been any more information um Richie or Darian if you've seen anything more uh, regarding any updates on Frank Nealakina please let me know. I haven't seen anything yet, but um, in the second half of this game, Frank Nealakina the Hornets' backup point guard um, and you know probably their best screen navigator, best perimeter defender, went down with a hyperextension of his left knee. Uh, he had a driving bucket that he scored on, and I think it was Wenyan Gabriel, one of the backup front court guys for the Celtics, was like sort of in his landing area a little bit he landed awkwardly the looked like the knee sort of like buckled on him a little bit um he crumpled over um and then needed to be helped off the court by the charlotte's training staff so not not good um and yeah darian just thoughts on like, let's let's hope for the best with frank but if they are going to be without Neil for a little while you know what are they missing without him and how do you think they would have to reshuffle things at the, uh, the point guard position in part because like they've used Neila Akina and LaMelo together and some of these like hybrid lines, right. These sort of like mm-hmm. point guard lineups in preseason that I think may have been a part of like the recipe for them in the regular season too. But just again, assuming, hoping for the best with Frank, but if he is going to be out a significant portion, how does that impact this team?
2: I think it helps um, because mainly for the most part, we're missing Cody Martin. So who they, they look to kind of fill that role. And I feel like a big part of raw Frank Nielakina is even here is because the injury that's so up in the air with Cody Martin, which I have no, I wish I had any idea of what's going on there, but um, I think, I think it could work, especially considering, um, you know, the key thing you want to do is obviously not have LaMelo defend as hard or as much. And, um, and I think Frank Nielakina when he's on the floor has been able to do that. Uh, I think, off, the, what he's been doing offensively have, have thrown a lot of people, in my opinion, have thrown a lot of people off as to what he, how valuable he can be to the team. Because I will say that he has been kind of chucking up shots or taking shots that is like Frank I've watched you a lot of your career, and you don't typically do that. But it is preseason. <laughs> he is also trying to make the roster, so you know it is what it is. But um, he has yeah. been
1: chucking, man.
2: It's been <laughs> and, weak. and like it's just like been, you've never done that. <laughs> I, I don't You've wanna, never I done wanna, that. Like,
1: I shouldn't be uh, I don't want to be mean to a guy who got hurt, but man, he has there's been a couple games where it's like wow I is Frank's really getting it up getting shot something. Oh, it's been that's been like one of the surprises of preseason to
2: me. No, for like. sure. Like it was it's gotten to the point where, and like you said, not to go, you know, keep going on an injured guy, but it's gotten to the point where I've highly considered going back and watch, see if I can like watch all his threes, like taking the last maybe year or so because it was just like, dude, I know you're not, you know, pulling up on three after a screen. Like, I know you're not coming <laughs> off a screen. I, I know. I just know for a fact you were not doing that in Dallas, at least. I know. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. But defensively, uh, like I said, his offense has been throwing a lot of people off. I don't blame them. I'm one of those people who I've been a little upset with that. But t- what he provides defensively is something we don't have. Now. You know the fact that we have to rely on Frankie and Lakino or even even Cody Martin was healthy to do what they do. That's a little, you know, that tells you kind of where we are uh, with that with that type of player. But it is what it is, and I but I think that it can be very beneficial. I, he's he I, he does a really good job of just making the ball handle a little uneasy. I know tonight was maybe a little difficult. The Celtics are going to make a lot of teams look bad, and I know you. I, I believe you said that a little earlier. Um, and I actually want to say that really quickly about Brandon Miller. If there's a team that can kind of contain Brandon Miller and make Brandon Miller kind of uh, revert to some of the things we saw at Alabama, it would be a team like the Celtics where they got size and defensive skill all up and down the lineup. So there's really not a good miss, at least where Brandon Miller is right now in his career, there's not a really good mismatch for him uh, going against the Celtics. But with Frank Nielakina, uh, I, I, you know, I hope for a speedy recovery. I hope, we, I hope everything's doing well because we desperately need that point of attack defense. For years, we've been relying on Terry to do that, and I've, and I've always felt bad for Terry because. You know he looks bad, but it's like he shouldn't be doing it. It's like so, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, and and then of course Lamelo. Even though I think he's done such a, I think he's done pretty well so far in the pre. Well, I guess not a preseason over, but the whole, all preseason, I think he's been locked in on defense. And I never thought he was bad on defense. He was just he was always trying to anticipate, and it just caused him to be out of place, reach, ball watch, those type of things. But I never felt like he was just like this guy that was a traffic cone. I just think he try to do too much. It's like he was trying to do as much defending without actually just getting in a stance and defending. Um, mm-hmm. But that's what Frank Nealakina comes in. He's not going to be the guy to, you know, maybe get all the steals. He's not going to but He's going to stay in front of his man. Uh, I think he's, he's pretty quick on switches. Um, and then you, you're, you're pretty comfortable with him guarding most players up to a certain extent. So I hope we get him back because like I said, outside of him, it's, 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 it's slim, slim to none. And then, um, if Cody Martin had a timeline, I would feel a little better. But there, Ooh, we don't know no, anything. I'm worried, all.
1: man. Yeah, it's, it's, it, uh, the fact
2: that they brought Frank Nielakina in and that he's – because let, let's face it, as good as he's been defensively, his offense has just been so bad where if they had Cody Martin, I don't think they keep him. But you're kind of in a position where you, ha- you, you absolutely have to because he at least gives you something on defense. But if he goes down with an injury, the only way you can address it now is – through a, through a trade and that, to be honest I don't, I don't think you you're running out of people to pull off the street to to do yeah. what we need them to do especially if you want to be a team to hopefully make the playoffs yeah
1: i mean the two best perimeter defenders from last season's roster Jalen McDaniels uh, and Dennis Smith Jr mm-hmm. on teams now Toronto and Brooklyn respectively and Brooklyn looks like they're going to have just a nasty no, de-
2: their just defense. Just a nasty of defense. <laughs> I,
1: I remember earlier this summer, uh, Richie and I were or the offseason, we were doing uh like a, I think like a you know free agency pot or something like that. It was when both like, it was right after DSJ had signed with Brooklyn, and we were like, Well, unless they trade for you know Dame, this team is just gonna be incredible defensively. <laughs> like it's just like no weak links. They can switch everything and like um look the Hornets, the last two months of the season you know the they probably get they had they got a little bit of luck in terms of opponent three point percentage but the habits were good the transition defense was much better they were better in the half court they were a top in terms of points allowed per possession starting march 1st through the end of the year they were a top eight defense in the nba and again that's a like you know that's a small sample it's late in the year and again there was shooting variants that went in their favor during that stretch but like DSJ was a big part of that. I mean, Mark Williams and JT Thor were as well, but like DSJ's ball pressure, the screen navigation, the the passing lane anticipation, like they're really gonna miss that. And like, you know, Neil Aquino was supposed to be the, or is supposed to be, you know, the and I don't think he's the same, um, mm-hmm. the same defender as DSJ is just like such a special point of attack defender. Um, he's so strong and athletic. Uh, but, but Neil Aquino's got, you know, obviously, like he's got a good frame and, you know, good length and he can really, you know, slink around screens too. They, so they, they do need that. That's like an important piece for them. And I, I was wondering if there were even some other Hornets fans that were sort of laughing. Like, um, obviously, Cliff has been very complimentary of uh, Frankie Smoke so far in preseason. Basically, like, just saying stuff that was identical to what he said about Michael Carter Williams during Cliff's last season in Charlotte <laughs> too. Like, the same, it was, crack I was having deja vu back to 2017 2018 with some of the stuff Cliff was saying about Nila Kina, but let's hope it's not too serious let's hope it's just a hyper extension you know the hornets have um a week off basically before the season starts and um you know Ed Sumner's in here and he can be kind of like you know he could he could sort of play that role as well too and also play next to LaMelo in some hybrid lineups but it would really seem like even, even if Frank was healthy like I was curious to see like how the second unit offense flowed like who is like initiating actions like it does feel like Rosie or Hayward whomever like vet, whatever veterans are you know handling the ball so I'm like they're gonna have to get into some staggered lineups with those guys as well and if Neil Laquina's out then it, those lineups become even more pressing um you know I'd love to see you know Nick Smith get a chance in those in that role too but um you know, it does feel like he's a little bit further down the pecking order, though I thought I thought I thought Nick Smith had some nice moments tonight. All right. Let's uh let's go ahead and uh touch on one last thing here and then we can close it out. We're coming up on, on almost 30 minutes here. And thank you to everyone who is uh chiming in in the uh the comments here. Yeah, uh everything Buzz City, I I appreciate you with the the Ron Holland and Alexander Sar are worth the pain. That's right, looking ahead to 2024. <laughs> I have already started my scouting for that. I have to both um, both Perth G League Ignite games. Alexander Starr looks awesome.
2: Man, <laughs> he looks amazing, dude. He looks he, amazing. He looks really good.
1: He's moving perfectly. He plays hard. He's got like all of the like you know stretch DHO you know front court playmaker stuff going on, and and obviously Holland is like a you know this the 2024 draft not the same thing, and we'll have, as 2023 and we'll have plenty of time to get into that, but. Yeah, Saar and Hollander would, would both. Uh, yeah, I was already thinking, like, oh, how would Sar and Mark Williams look like as a,
2: as a front court? You to, uh, have, together, with the Hornets, you, know? you have to. You have to think of <laughs> yeah, what yeah, does yeah. our playoff roster look like? And then also, what does our lottery yeah. roster look yeah. like? Yeah.
1: So, one of the few guys who could, you could consider to be part of both of those hypothetical rosters would be um, LaMelo Ball. You know, I tonight, maybe not his best game of the preseason though he had some some nice flashy plays i also thought lamelo once again as we've seen like um i think a fair amount actually in the preseason so far getting to the rim tonight um i think he had four attempts at the rim he had two and ones including a, a really nice finish where he got fouled by one of the one of the boston i think it was namus kata who played actually had a really nice game Mm. coming off
2: the yeah i've seen highlights of natus kata for the celtics and he's been he's been a really good pickup for them. he's been
1: really really good like they've got it's you know i mean obviously they're gonna miss rob williams but they've just still got a very deep center room with kp and horford and and, and now name is Cada too. Cada like, whenever he gets playing time, like, he plays well generally. He's just got to be, you know, fine. It's going to be tough for him to find minutes, uh, probably, uh-huh. even in the regular season. But, you know, LaMelo had four assists to guys at the rim tonight. He started the game off with, a, like, a little drop-off for a Mark Williams finish. That was nice um, off some scripted action. So, it's just in general, Darian, what have you thought about LaMelo, uh, his performance, his mentality – um you know improvements or maybe even if even if they or if there's something where you were sort of hoping to see an uptick or an improvement in that you haven't quite seen. But yeah, as we enter, man, it's hard to believe this is year four for him. But as we yeah. as we're on the, the doorstep of year four with Lamelo, thoughts on his uh you know preseason performance?
2: I think he's looking more and more comfortable. Um he's not looking like the young aspiring point guard anymore. I think he looks a little more mature at least in his game. Uh that's probably the biggest takeaway. Now that can encapsulate a lot of things. Uh the way he's finishing, all defense, all of that. But I feel like by himself he does a good job. Uh he, I feel like he knows when to slow it. I feel I see times where he normally he'll he'll take the ball off the rim, run down the court, but I feel like he's more He's, he has a better idea of okay this is when I'm going to run down the floor this is when I'm going to slowly take the ball up the court and let my players you know get in position this is I think he's getting doing a better job of kind of being that leader on the floor um, we we all know like basketball wise this his talent wise he was the guy. But I feel like he's playing; he's carrying himself on the court more of as that guy. Um, I think he's being a little smarter. Of course, there's still some things he does that I do not like. Ball watching is one of them. But I feel like everybody does it, and it is even harder for guys who are just eager to make a play. I wouldn't even take that as a as a downside of him. Anybody that's willing to that really wants to make a play, you'll see them typically ball watching. So I'm not I'm not upset about that. But he does it a lot, and then the deep threes he takes them a lot, but he makes the majority of the time. But sometimes it's like, ah, oh, now's not the time. So I wish he would kind of find that balance, which he will. It takes time. It's also yeah. probably hard to try to find a balance when, especially in a game like this, you're just – the team is down. You're out there. You feel like it's up to you to – because there was lineups where we're down by 20, and LaMelo's the only, like, decent player on the floor. So, of course, he's probably <laughs> going to feel like this – I have to do something. Uh, so I – and I – so I get it. It's just, uh, you know – Obviously, when the time comes, you don't want to wait and see to where in a playoff moment he does it. That's so that it's like mm-hmm. better to nip it in the bud now. But overall, I think that he's just added maturity to his game, um, and that's not actually something I was expecting to see. If, if anything, I was expecting to see the finishing, um, and he's embraced it. That is something I also didn't expect. I, I wanted better finishing. I didn't think he would he embrace it the way he had. I think that he's he's taking on the contact. He's sometimes kind of looking for it, expecting it. You see that, you know, the certain moves he does in the air when he switches to the other hand. I think he had a good one against KP tonight. Uh, that was just in good anticipation of, like, kind of where KP was going to be. Uh, overall, like I said, I just think that he's just matured. His game has matured a lot. We, we always knew the talent was there. It, it was just going to take some time of him learning, like, okay, this move works when I'm doing this drive. This uh, move works here, and I think he's kind of finding out Okay, this is my rhythm. These are my moves that these are my go-tos. Um and yeah, I think that's the best thing you can ask for, especially as of right now with our roster in flux. Um, until we get a year in, year out, we know who's gonna be here. I think it's gonna be a little difficult for him to probably find like a really good uh balance. But as of right now, considering th- this team could go either way, I think he's doing a great job of just adjusting today and just being that guy year four, more of a veteran.
1: Yeah, you said the I think you I think the word you used was command. And and I think yeah. that's something that has jumped out like I um something that I think I've jotted down every preseason game has been like maybe not like, you know, start to finish every outing he has, but there's a couple of possessions or the handful of possessions or whatever in the half court where I think it's like like obviously in transition he's magic. It's just like, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, like that from like before he got to the nba it was like this guy is is obviously like special the the vision the the audacity the, the arm strength to throw some of these passes it's absurd like he's i'll still just never forget the like underhand 70 foot scoop pass <laughs> he had uh, to, uh his rookie year it was just again he's done stuff that i have just never seen
2: the before. behind the back i think it was to Mason Plumlee that was like i i've practiced that and i was like i don't see how he did it he's, he's
1: special <laughs> in
2: that so, so so it's the half
1: court stuff um in the non sort of like scramble stuff cuz also like right. in the half court when the defense gets scrambled like lamelo's a pretty awesome like mid chaos player like he'll just mm-hmm. he'll make the the connecting pass um to find a guy for a, a kickout 3 or whatever um i think the the added rim pressure that he's he's shown some of in the in the preseason has opened up some slashing kicks i think he's done a really nice job just when like if boston was showing early help tonight and so just like if the defense compresses Boom! He's going to pop that pass right out to the the shooter on the on the the left or the right wing, you know, and try to get him a you know steal a three basically. Um, and so again, the processing very very good. We know he can play fast, but in terms of the command, I think he's done a nice job slowing down at times in the preseason. Um, it, I don't know if that's ever like the sort of like um, slow mo like uh, you know apex you know, mm-hmm. stuff. I don't know if that's like ever going to be like quite his thing like he's wired a little bit differently like as tall as he is and he can really like use his like height and length uh to his advantage uh along with that handle and the the passing vision but like you know he's just not he doesn't have like the force of Luca, and he doesn't have Mm -hmm. the like the like nitro boost that anthony edwards has you know so it's like he's not going to be able to just like turn the corner every single play and dunk on a center at the rim nor is he going to be able to do the Luca like, uh, you know, play at your own space and just sort of, like, roll to the middle of the lane every time. Right? <laughs> right. Get to where you want. Like, but, like, those guys are special, right? And, like, LaMelo is, too, just in his, in his own right. Um, but I think, you know, being able to, be, like, seeing drop coverage and being willing to, like, snake back. And then instead of just, like, settling for the runner, those, like, his, like, weird floaters that he makes and are, like, a good shot for him... But like being willing to sort of like try to like plant and, and go a little bit further and explore more. He's such a great free throw shooter, and like I know like he's had some bad injuries. The wrist, you know, has been a has been a concern. The ankle has been a concern, and so you do get worried of him just like the thought of him just like absorbing, you know, fifteen bad blows per game or whatever. But like I mean, he's an incredible free throw shooter. He's got some of the best shooting touch on planet Earth. Like you'd love for him to get to the the line as much as possible, and it would simplify so many other things. My other hope for him would be to just like in terms of like getting downhill, just like in, in trying to get into contact and, and get the ball up on the rim. Because like, even if obviously it's a, it's great if he makes the shot, obviously it's great if he gets, he makes the shot and gets fouled or you it know, gets fouled. and doesn't make the shot, but even if he has to absorb some contact and he doesn't get the call and it doesn't go in, like Mark Williams has the ability to clean a lot of that stuff up. And so just like with, with put back dunks and again, like, if the opposing center is going to contest, then all of a sudden the front of the rim is open. And so just get that thing up. And and obviously Richards is a very nice offensive rebounder.
2: One of too. the best offensive rebounders in the league last year, statistically.
1: Yes. But but Williams with his length and and the mm-hmm. like his ability to get off the floor quickly is just like such a I mean, he's an automatic, you know, dunk guy in terms of like putbacks. I do think the presence of Williams has been important for their pick and roll game. We've seen Mark and LaMelo really hammer those empty cornered ball screens in the pick and roll in preseason. That's basically been good for them in every game, safer for tonight. Um, and I just think Williams, his presence as like a source of rim pressure because he can dive, he can catch a lob um he can he can be a putback guy like i do think that's helping lamelo out and and williams being a guy that's like very receptive and can catch make tough catches and like Lamello is such a creative passer and sometimes those windows are really really quick and you've got to throw a tough, you know, you know, hot pass to to get in there and like you're throwing it to Mark Williams not Bismack biombo now. And I know like <laughs> like everyone in Charlotte we all love Biz and obviously like LaMelo and biz have a really good relationship too. So like I don't I don't I don't mean to uh you know knock Biz right now but like it's a different it's just different, you know. Different
2: caliber and, of player, uh different a lot of things, really yeah. a lot of things. Mark Williams is Probably, different. Yeah, probably the best center that he's at. <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely. And, and again, I mean, like, Cody Zeller's the nice pick-and-roll center, but mm-hmm. diminished by the time Lamelo played with him. And even, you know, Cody's more of, like, a short-roll, handoff guy. Right. And and Plumlee, like, a, you know, a, a D, an okay pick-and-roll guy, but probably even... At his best when he's like doing, you know, like facilitating from the elbow and being a yeah. handoff hub, that type of stuff. So, um thoughts on Lamelo and Mark Williams, like as a pick and roll duo, uh, or just as like a as a combo uh, offensively for Charlotte?
2: I think I think it's going to be great for years to come. I think that those two guys, re- you know, really are building some chemistry. You got to think. Mark exploded around the time Lamella was injured. Um, That's when Mark really started to take off. We didn't get to really see a lot. So the fact that they've come this far in such an amount of time, I I think that's good. I think that we've seen great signs of just how they're operating. Um, I feel like every time they go down the floor – There's an adjustment. You can tell. Like, okay, we did this last time. It didn't work. We'll do it again. Okay, it worked this time. Or we did this this time. It worked. Let's try, you know, tinkering it so it can get better. You can tell that they're just playing off each other very well. It seems like they got a very good relationship. We've seen videos. I think it was Ron Boone who was showing um, the the free throw contest. I think Mark Williams and LaMelo were both involved in. So it's good to know that they have that bond off the floor because – we are seeing it on the floor. It it makes all the sense in the world. If you were to tell me they don't talk, I would actually kind of be surprised. By you know, based on how they operate. Um, so yeah, I think it looks good. I also like to say I think it looks good with Nick Richards as well, which he's going to play a big part in this, especially considering you know as of right now, if PJ's our third center, um, so it's going to be very important <laughs> for Nick Richards mm-hmm. to kind of you know be involved in that as well. And I and I think he's he's doing a good job. He's being a lot more physical. So Lamelo with both our centers, we've seen. Him with some bad centers, uh, but I think that both of these guys—they all complement each other well. I still kind of want to see him with a pick and pop center, but yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. Or just like it doesn't necessarily have to be a center, especially the way basketball is now. But I, I think that would be just lovely yeah. to watch. The PJ's are a little too inconsistent to call it that, and Thor is still just trying to get there. But overall, what we get, I, I like what we, I like what we see. And then even um, Mark Williams is a decent passer. So sometimes when he rolls, mm-hmm. I think he can see, like, the, the cutter. He can see the guy in the corner. So I think overall for our offense, it's going gonna, gonna to th- look good. We, we got some things to, you know, iron out. But overall, I think mm-hmm. it's going to be great for the future. Yeah, Williams, he's not, like, reinventing the wheel, but
1: he's doing just enough sometimes in those, like, pockets of space on the short roll. Mm-hmm. He's made a lot of progress in that. He, it was something he never did at Duke. And now he's, he's he's doing it you know decently uh, when when needed uh, against NBA defenses. I to your point about like having like the the pick and pop guy. Like I don't think Kai Jones was ever set to be the pick and pop guy necessarily. Mm-hmm. But I think the hope for him was like you get a guy that can do anything. Like he could pop in the space, he could dive all the way. And I mean, obviously, in like,
2: the defense so would at least be scared. That, like that, they that, at least right, can't right. just leave him open, right? And
1: you in all of a sudden the, the coverage wouldn't know what's happening every time down the court. Like, is he going to mm-hmm. slip? Is he going to pop? Is he going to dive? Like in uh, so, anyways, um, yeah, I don't know. That obviously that has passed. Uh, it's not you know <laughs> it's not coming back anytime soon. But I do think like in theory that was the thought. With drafting guys like Thor and Jones in the in the exactly hundred percent, um, which was the first draft they had you know, after um, after picking LaMelo. So, all right, well, it was a uh, it was a gross game tonight. Um, you yeah, know, I think if we had done this pot after the Oklahoma City game, we would have oh. maybe been a little bit more joyous. And you were just talking, like, Richards played great in that game, and uh, that was another game that LaMelo was just, like, really in control of, especially that stint right before halftime. But we're not going to go back uh, in time five days to discuss old preseason <laughs> games. So, as always, uh, we're going to wrap it up here. And, and as always, please continue to support us by sharing our episodes with your friends, reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to our podcast. Once again, Darian, this was this was a lot of fun tonight. It was good. Um, you and I have not been able to record together, so this was a good time. We'd like to thank you for joining us. Uh, I'd like to thank Richie for uh, producing this thing in the background. Uh, and let's not forget, the Hornet season opener is Wednesday versus the Hawks. And before we sign off, Darian, is there anything you'd like to plug real quickly here at the end?
2: Uh, just my YouTube channel, as you can see. Well, at least I see it. I don't know if everybody can see it, but <laughs> but the QR code for my YouTube channel, Trust the Buzz, I make, you know, troller Horn's content. And so if you're interested in that, go ahead and check it out. Um, I'm very excited for this Hawks game, though. Hawks are, you know, coming out with something to prove. So yeah, well, yeah. They, they, they think, you know, they're better than what people believe. So that's going to be – that's not a team that we could just walk in there and think we're going to win. So that, that's actually, to me, a good test. So I'm excited for that. But, yeah, just check out the YouTube channel. And I really appreciate you guys having me on. I love I love recording with you guys. Absolutely, absolutely. We'll do
1: it again sometime, uh, I'm sure, throughout what is going to be a, a long, long season. <laughs> um, so right. with that, uh, we are out. Thank you for listening to BuzzBeat. And uh, go Hornets next Wednesday against Atlanta.